You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie. For all your betting needs this season, check out MyBookie. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and they will double your first deposit. You play, you win, and you get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, the Andrew Luck fallout continues in the sports opinion sphere. We'll talk to Andy Poley and find out what his thoughts are. Also, the Redskins not only have to get a jurisdiction to approve a new stadium, but they also got to get the money for it, and then the hard part begins, getting it right. All that plus a vigorous Nick Saban defense of second chances and the ultimate Francesa mush. Your bonus 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Tuesday, August 27th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Lots to get to today, including Andy Poland, so let's get cracking. First off, Andrew Luck retiring, I knew was going to prompt this type of piece from my good friend Drew McGarry. Drew McGarry of Deadspin is always writing about how awful and evil and mean and terrible football is, and I can't believe anybody plays it, and it's ruining people's brains, and oh my God, it's so savage. And yet I know Drew. Fucking loves the NFL. He loves to watch it. He roots for it, and he understands it's a hell of a product. But it's just almost like now every time something like this comes up, here comes Drew to write about it. Under the heading of what Andrew Luck means, Drew writes the following. Try to think of any other sport that has to deal with players not wanting to play it. This is only happening in the NFL. And all the rule tweaks and happy penalty flag barrages they've concocted have not and will not curtail that exodus. Let me stop right there. First of all, not wanting to play football. How many guys have voluntarily retired without being cut and without failing to land with another team? Not many. Most guys that are currently unemployed in the NFL are desperate, are hoping, are begging for the phone to ring. They want to play, but there's not enough spots for them. Secondly, there is no exodus. This is a one-off event, Drew. This is a this is the black swan. 
that floats along in a lake and you're like, holy shit, look at that. That's the exception, Andrew Luck. It's not the rule. There is no exodus. Yeah, there's a guy here or there. There was that linebacker for the Niners who wasn't into playing. That's fine. Gronk is one guy, but he had a lot of injuries. I tell you what, Gronk wasn't not wanting to play football when he was relatively healthy. He was loving it. He was loving the shit out of it. But his body finally broke down enough that he couldn't play. This is not a forever job, Drew. This is like being a stuntman. You're not a stuntman until you're 60 or 70 years old, unless you're doing, well, lesser stunts. That's why scouts, writes Drew, ask players all kinds of deranged shit, his words, at the Combine. A little bit strong there, Drew. Things like, if you were a jelly bean, what flavor would you be? Or if you could murder a man and get away with it, wouldn't you? I don't know if those were actually asked, but I wouldn't be surprised. Of all the 40 times and vertical jumps get their usual undue amount of attention, what scouts really want to learn about prospects when they come to the Combine in Indy is how fitting a locale at the moment, oh, by the way, Indianapolis Combine, all they want to know at the Combine Rights True is, are you too smart and rational to keep playing this game? Oh, Drew, true, true. There are, so, there are thousands upon thousands of men who would desperately love to play in the NFL. And there are thousands and thousands who play in the NFL, come out the other side, and go on to lead happy, healthy, and much richer lives. They're all around you, Drew. They're in alumni golf tournaments all the time. They do the rubber chicken banquet circuit. They do interviews. They're there. And they tell you what the NFL meant to them. I know you don't believe it. You're picking out a handful of guys and pretending that, oh my God, you're insane to play this game. I believe Drew needs to take a good visit to the South and just see football at the grassroots level. Talk to families, talk to communities, and really get a sense of what football means to these communities and to these families. And the ticket out of poverty that it is. For many of them and how, yes, it's a dangerous game, but shit, where we live, it's way more dangerous than football. That's what a lot of these communities are saying. Drew goes on to say, no one else besides the NFL is stupid enough to keep engineering ways to sustain an unsustainable game. Ah, yes, the unsustainable game. Football today, football tomorrow, football forever. There's a weird fantasy of guys like Drew, who I think would admit he is hard left-leaning. There is this weird fantasy. They want to see football die. They're rooting for it. They predict it all the time. They think it's right there within their grasp. They like to talk about it. It's unsustainable. Of all the things football is not, it's, it's not unsustainable. Again, guys like Drew have to get out of their Manhattan and Washington, D.C. suburban circles and get down to the south. Get down to Florida. Go talk to the coaches of young men in South Florida. Boys that dream of being the next Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders, Jameis Winston, and others. The quality of players may diminish a little bit, but I'm not sure you'd notice it. Hell, there'll be more Andrew Lucks coming. Do you think Trevor Lawrence is like, oh, God, this game is really, it's really rough. 
I don't know if I want to play anymore. I might get hurt. Fuck to the gnaw gnaw. Unsustainable game. Andrew Luck's retirement will only increase the primal urgency of football men to find true football believers to play football. Those who don't ever question their faith in it. True. I'm going to tell you right now, my man. Football ain't going to die before you do. I'm sorry to report that. It's the truth. And it's not going to die because men stop wanting to play it. It's the greatest game to watch. It's one of the great games to play and learn from as a young man and into high school and beyond. And when your body has had enough, when your bones have broken too much, when you believe that your future of your brain is in jeopardy, you walk away and nobody cares. I mean, it's not a big deal. There's more where that came from. Meanwhile, when it comes to football, Nick Saban offered a very powerful defense of second chances. It's two minutes, five seconds. All right. All right. Let me talk about this. All right. Uh, This was, I believe, at media day, or maybe it was just a press conference at uh, Alabama. But here's what Nick Saban had to say about second chances and giving some perhaps troubled student athletes and prospects that leeway to get their life back on track. You know, there's always a lot of criticism out there when somebody does something wrong, everybody wants to know how you're going to punish the guy. But there's not enough for 19 and 20-year-old kids, people out there saying, why don't you give them another chance? So I'm going to give a speech right now about this. Like, where do you want them to be? Guy makes a mistake. Where, where do you want him to be? You want him to be in the street? Or do you want him to be here graduating? You know, when I was over there at the Nagurski, Musin Muhammad, who played 15 years for the Carolina Panthers, played for me at Michigan State. Everybody in the school, every newspaper guy, everybody was killing the guy because he got in trouble and said there's no way he should be on our team. I didn't kick him off the team. I suspended him. I made him do stuff. He graduated from Michigan State. He played 15 years in the league. He's a president of a company now. And he has seven children, and his oldest daughter goes to Princeton. So who was right? The podium thump. I feel strong about this now, really strong. All right, about all the criticism out there of every guy that's 19 years old that makes a mistake, and you all kill him. And then some people won't stand up for him. So my question to you is, where do you want him to be? You want to condemn him? To a life sentence? Or do you want the guy to have his children going to Princeton? You want to close on that or we want to just... So there you go, Nick Saban. Look, he's not wrong. And it's great to hear the backstory on Musin Muhammad. That said, how many guys has Nick Saban had who he gave a second chance to that turned out to be unrepentant shitheads who went back to low-level crime 
or mischief or who knows what. Are you going to apply the same rules to a guy who, quote, made a mistake by maybe raping a girl? I would say certainly not. Is that a mistake or is that something wrong with their character? I'm sure it's on an individual basis. Does anybody know if Nick Saban has had guys who turned out to be real unredeemable shitheads that he gave a second chance to? Because on the one hand, powerful statement. I agree with him in general. On the other hand, he's talking like a football coach that wants the best talent and is willing to look the other way if necessary. Oh, the new season is here, huh, kids? Antonio Brown is a Raider. They finally got him a helmet. Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Odell Beckham Jr. is a Brown in Cleveland. I mean, there's hype galore. Who's excited? You're excited. I'm excited. And we're going to bet on these games. I know where I'm putting my money down. My bookie. The place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five games in the NFL against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie is simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Now, you got to be aware there are, you know, certain limitations in terms of the bonus money that you get when you sign up, but just make sure you're aware of those before you dive on in. They're all spelled out on the mybookie.com website. They've got player perks, the best in the business, and for fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus, you can double it. That's right. Your first deposit, you can double it up to $1,000. Use promo code ZABE to activate the offer. Go to MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, for those of you who cannot spell. And don't forget to use promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Remember, when creating your account to claim the bonus, and you're off and running. Bet, win, get paid. It's that simple with MyBookie. All right, let's see what Andy Pollan is up to today. Hopefully he's recovering nicely from his unfortunate accident on his motorcycle. Motorcycle. It's bicycle. We're talking about here. Hello. Andrew Pollan. How you doing, buddy? A lot of people wishing you well via email to me, listeners of the Zabecast. Heard about your unfortunate bike accident. Glad it was yeah. not worse. And many had mm-hmm. their own tales. Of, yeah. of biting it on a bicycle. Like, yeah. there's two kinds of bike riders. Those who have gone flying over the handlebars and those who are about to someday. <laughs> you know, there's only two types. It's like motorcycle riders. There's only two types. Those who have laid it down and those who are going to lay it down. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you say that over the handlebars. When we talked last week, I didn't really realize what I had done. And I picked up the bike from my friend's house this week and I realized from the damage, that's exactly what I did. I went over the front. Did you? And Yeah. And, and obviously the helmet saved my life. But also, if, if you know, things have been a couple of inches off one way or another, I mean, it was a possible Christopher Reeve situation. Oh, Jesus You know, that's Christ what he Andy. did. He, he, he went head over heels on the horse 
and dipped his head. I, I think I was saved by the fact that I basically face planted and with the neck up, I was, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, not, not be seriously injured. Yeah. And let's not talk about, I don't even want to think about you, my good friend in such a situation. Okay. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start with Andrew Luck. You have covered sports and you've covered the NFL. You've known many and do know many NFL players. This retirement is easily one or two in terms of the shock value to Barry Sanders and Jim Brown. Where would you rank it? You know, given the fact that it's the most difficult position in sports to fill quarterback, uh, two, you have quarterbacks now who are playing longer than ever. You've got Tom Brady, who may start 16 games at the age of 42. Drew Brees is 40 and still playing. And what you hear about professional football is, oh, well, you might as well put a dress on these quarterbacks because they don't get hit. It's no wonder they can play into their 40s. And here's a guy who hasn't even reached 30, and he's walking away because he's too beat up. And yeah. I, you know, I, I, there are a number of, of reasons for this. One, it's Andrew Luck, who's got other things in his life that he wants to do and probably has a really good perspective on the total picture. He's the son of a quarterback, among other things. The other part of this, which I think, and I, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this, I think it's the money in sports now that that you're seeing athletes do things that would be inconceivable 15 years ago. For example, Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City, leaving $50 million behind. That would be unthinkable. But sure. they've got money, so he can do that. Andrew Luck, you're, you've heard, oh, my God, if, if he'd have played it out, he might have made as much as a half billion dollars more if he got another contract. But he's already made $97 million. And seemingly, $97 million allows you to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. You know, how many times have you heard, oh, my God, if I won the lottery, if I won, you know, $10 million, you'd never see me again. Well, he won almost $100 million and has, I think, earned the right to say, that's it, I'm done. What did Joe Theismann say in the call-up huddle caught by NFL Films at the Super Bowl in Pasadena to rally the troops? (laughs) Quote, Come on, men, this game is for $70,000 and a big fat ring, right? Yeah, Was yeah, that the number, 70000 yeah. yeah, well, one of the ways that they were able to settle the strike of, of 1982 was that they doubled the playoff money so that it used to be $35,000 to win the Super Bowl. Now it was $70,000, and that was meaningful money. Uh, there weren't many guys in the league they were making $70,000 a year. And so, you know, to, to double or even, you know, triple your income with one game, sure, uh, that, that was a different league. It, it's a lot different now. The other, the other thing is that, you know, if you're looking at the average annual income by year, I'm looking it up right now. Like in 1982, you know, what do you think the average household income was? In America, oh. 20, the median, as they would say, the median, more above and more below, 20,000, 30,000. 30, okay. Maybe 30. So 70,000, sure. That's for one game, that's double your annual average salary. But now we're talking many, many multiples that yeah, athletes yeah. make over the average annual salary. Right, right. So, you know, whereas, you would have thought.
thought a guy who had suffered some injuries would at least hang on. I mean, it would at least at least say to the Colts, okay, I'm not healthy enough to play. Put me on injury reserve. I'm going to miss the first six weeks of the season. No, he, he walked away from $65 million. All he had to do was, was stay on the team, and he would have gotten the money. But he's willing to walk away from it. So what do you think about – well, first of all, there's several takes that have been pummeled by those in the media. One is by Doug Gottlieb. Yeah. You have a, yeah. You have a thought or two about Doug Gottlieb, Andy. Yeah, I mean, you know, saying it's a millennial thing to do because rehab is too hard—that's that's idiotic. That's that's one. Um, you, you've heard uh, Dan Dockage's yep. take, right? Yeah, the the old uh, oh my, you know, relatives are steel mill workers, and and you know, he and he's letting his teammates down. I don't I don't buy that either. I think I think he did something that you're going to see more guys do and i think it was a courageous move on his part to be able to say there are more important things in life than playing football and there's more important things than collecting money i'm going to move on with my life all right i've got 1983 uh indexed yearly income according to wikipedia what do you think it was in america uh, i'm going to say about 30 35 15000 dollars Median income, 15. Uh, Yes, Uh, this is indexed for inflation, blah, blah, blah. The latest number, 2017, $50,000. Wow. So that that sort of makes sense. But you're talking Andrew Luck was making $24 million a year. Yeah. So don't make me do math here, but $50,000 into $24 million is hundreds and hundreds of multiples, not just right. double or triple like it once was. So it is a big difference there. How about this, though? I'm going to give you not necessarily what I believe, but an argument you could absolutely make. And it goes something like this. Hey, Andrew, this is the life you've chosen. There are 53 men and a staff of coaches whose families and careers all depend and all intersect primarily on you. Because you're one of the special. You are an elite quarterback in a league that is essentially a TV show about quarterbacks. And when a quarterback like you goes down, the season is dead on arrival. You chose to be this guy. The team has invested money and time and patience in you. This is a position of responsibility. It's not a, hey, good for you, go hike in in the Andes with all your money job. This is the life you've chosen. What do you make of that argument? Uh, you could look at it that way if you want. I would prefer to look at it like it's a job. It's a job that he's chosen to quit. Everybody else in America <laughs> has jobs that they are allowed to quit and leave the money behind. Sure. And yeah, you can say he, he's got a responsibility to his teammates, and, and maybe the timing wasn't right. But from what I understand, it was only the last few weeks where he decided to do this. Which and now that's a valid criticism. He's made a major why? life decision on something that is a couple weeks old. That's called a rash decision, whether you want to admit it or not. Because there were options. He could have gone on the IR. He yeah. could have thought about it. He could have gotten a second, third, fourth opinion on this calf injury. By the way, who retires on a calf injury, Andy? Well, it's it's not the calf injury; it's the cumulative injuries that have caused them to walk away. Right, which and, a lot of people say boo-hoo because look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton yeah. has as many injuries, if not more, including concussions. He's still in the game. Yeah, well, you know, I also know the John Feinstein book, "Next Man Up," 
and that's the NFL. And, you know, who knows? Jacoby Brissett may be a Pro Bowl quarterback. It's just the way the league works. And I, I, I don't blame him a bit. I, I really don't. I, I, I look at this as he made a life decision. I don't think he owes it to his team to be uh, crippled when he's 50 years old. And I think he, he's looked at the whole big picture and said, my God, I've made more money than I could possibly spend for the rest of my life. I've had some thrills in football. I had six good years. I'm walking away with no regrets. Didn't he owe him this year, though? No, I don't think so. As a no. player in the position of supreme responsibility in the NFL to right. say, look, my calf is not right. Here's specifically what it is. Don't be so mysterious about it either because I think the public, if we realize how serious it is, we'd go, okay, I get it. Go on IR. Say, listen, I got a lot more grueling rehab ahead to try to get over this injury. I'm going to give it a shot. But I got to be honest, if this doesn't work out well, I don't see myself being back next year. But I'm in for this year. I've committed to this year. I need eight weeks. And I'll keep you guys apprised. In the meantime, Jacoby Brissett, go ball out, young man. You're a good player. No, that's not you know, baseline what he owes him. You know one of my favorite Bill Parcells lines, don't you? What's that? When you're thinking about retirement, oh, you're retired. I thought Irving Fryer said that to you when he was no, in Redskin. No, that was Bill Parcells. Yeah, Bill once you start thinking about retirement, you're it. You're retired. You're done. Yeah, and, but, and and I don't think you can play football halfway in. You can't say, well, yeah, you know, I'll give this a shot. Either all in or you're out. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, so, yeah, Parcells definitely did say that. Yeah. Doesn't everybody, though, think of retirement that plays in this league? I think most guys try to avoid it as long as they can. And, you know, it's it's somewhat like radio in that you don't retire in most cases. They retire you. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, I think you're either, you know, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard game. If you stand on the sidelines and watch what these guys go through to play, uh, you know, I don't think you can do a half-ass. Which, which leads me to my next question. Is this now going to start a bit of a trend? Yes. Yes. You think, I think so? It will. Oh, All right. yeah, yeah. Give me I, give me some names. Uh, I I don't know what quarterbacks might be in this boat. JJ Watt, I, Cam Newton. What if Cam Tom Newton Brady? Might be one? What if Tom Brady takes? a mother of a hit this year. I mean, a real Molly Whopper that all the avocado ice cream in the world and all the stretch, lengthen, soften, and all the pliability bullshit he's been peddling for years leaves him laid out like, oh, Joe Montana. Remember when Don Burt? Not Don Burt. Jim uh, Burt. Jim Burt. No, no, it was Leonard Marshall that, that delivered okay. the hit. Yeah, Leonard yeah. Marshall truck-sticked him mm-hmm. and left him motionless on the hard Meadowlands turf. If Brady takes one of those hits, is he out? Uh, I guess. I don't know. I don't don't know. play know, the I guess. You said, oh, I see a trend. I'm giving you prime names. You're not well, biting on any of them. Already, I'm not talking about a guy who <laughs> plays past 40. I'm, I'm talking about guys who reach the age that Andrew Luck did, six, seven years in the league, and say, that's it. Now, I'm also not ruling out him coming back. I, Whoa. I think that, that, yeah. Really? Uh, to the Colts? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think a year from now, he may feel a lot differently. And there may be pressure for him to come back. And there may be pressure from the Colts organization saying, and I think this had a lot to do with the fact that they're not asking for the bonus money back 
hey, we stood by you. Huh. Here's your money. Also, he's got a he's got a coach who speaks his language. You know, Frank Reich was a backup most of his career, but he was an NFL quarterback. He was a quarterback who played on Super Bowl teams. I think I think he may have some sway with him at some point. But right now, he's saying to himself, "This is just ridiculous. I'm in the spin cycle of pain, rehab, injury. It's enough. I, I need to get out for now." What if I told you? I feel like at thirty for thirty. What if I told you, Andy? What if I told you in the next two years, the yeah. following would all be out of the league? Ready? Brady, yeah. Breeze, yeah. Yeah. Rogers, yeah. Big Ben, Cam. Two yeah. years from now, all five. This is a TV show about quarterbacks, the NFL. That's five star characters gone in two years. All, all right. theoretically possible, I would say, Rogers, the least likely. Cam, the second least likely, and then Bra- uh, Bra- Roethlisberger, the third least likely. One and two are definitely Brady and Breeze. Right, right, right. Well, it's happened before. So I you're mean, saying we, get we more quarterbacks, this. get new guys. Yeah, Welcome to the Patrick a, Mahomes era, right? In a two-year period, uh, Marino retired, um, Elway retired, and I think there was one more in there. That uh, that all left at the end of the nineties. Let's, so, let's talk about different retirements. You remember how Marino retired? Marino was a loser of a game like sixty-two to seven or the, something like the that. The Jaguars ripped his tits off along with the yeah. Dolphins. You're right. It was like sixty-two right. to seven, and he's like, "Yep, that's it. I'm out." John Elway yeah. retired after winning the second of two Super Bowls. Right. Now right. that's the way right. to go out, right there, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember doing the ESPYs backstage one year. I think I told you this. And uh, they brought John Elway back. He won an award. This was after the first Super Bowl. And I said to him, I heard you say that if you retired without winning a Super Bowl, your career would still be complete. He said, I lied. I would have played until I was 50 to try to win one. Wow. So he won one, and then he won another one, and that was it. But, yeah, that's the way to go up. Peyton Manning did the same thing. But that's rare. That that almost never happens. Troy Aikman, how did he retire? He retired after getting leveled by LeVar and suffering yet another concussion. And that, uh, and that was enough to make him say, you know what? I kind of need my brain for the rest of my life. I'm out. And that yeah. was before really all the super awareness of concussions and well before the CTE research, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Steve Young, same thing, had a, had a concussion. Uh, he suffered on Monday Night Football. Yep. And how about the great Roger Staubach, Andy? How did he retire, and why did he retire? He had also had a number of concussions, but, you know, he, he only played 11 years, but that's because he gave five years to the Navy. Um, his, his last win was that comeback against the Redskins where he threw to Tony Hill. Uh, they lost a playoff game the following week to the Rams. And here's a great trivia. His last completion went to Herb Scott, who was a guard on his team who turned wow. around and caught the pass. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, but he yeah. retired. Yeah. He retired basically because he had a beef with Tom Landry. Landry, the control freak, wouldn't let Staubach call any plays. And that was an yeah. era... Think so. I, I was there at the time. I, I think it was more like that was it. And also, I thought the realize- NFL Films piece chronicled this intractable rift between the legendary quarterback and the soon-to-be legendary coach. 
Yeah, well, that was at the beginning, but okay. the, the power struggle was won by Landry. I mean, yeah, Staubach wanted to call the plays, and, and as he said, he said he, he had missed a few days of practice because one of his parents died. And Landry said, oh, Roger's too distraught to be able to concentrate on play calling, so I'm going to do it. And <laughs> Staubach funny. said, no, that wasn't it. He just wanted to call the plays. <laughs> but, <laughs> he took it over, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't think that was it. I, I just think he was done. The other the other thing about Stomach, he became incredibly successful in business. So as I understand it, he retired like on a Monday and was and was in his office on Tuesday. Well, you yeah, know, he, he, I mean that yeah. that's that doesn't shock me. Man of high yeah. achievement, a gentleman, and a scholar. It's too bad he's a dirty stinking cowboy. But what a class act he is. Uh, oh, American yeah. Officer, hero, officer and a gentleman, I should say, not a gentleman, a scholar. He's a he's an officer, a gentleman, and smart enough to be a scholar, but a great businessman, and still a yeah. fine interview. And after all these years later, okay, let's speaking of quarterbacks, get to the Redskins starter, Case Keenum. The Case Keenum era begins. How do you think it's going to end, Andy? It's going to end by midseason after a two or three interception game, and Dwayne Haskins will be named the starter <coughs> allegedly by Jay Gruden. Uh, and oh, will... allegedly! <laughs> yeah, and that will end. Uh, that will end this little exercise here. Okay, and does he go on the jersey of shame for the Redskins like the Browns? Just another one on the Rex Grossman, you know, John Beck, Colt McCoy. Donovan McNabb lineage of wasted quarterbacks, or where do you put them? Um, it depends on how good the running game is and how good the. De- I mean, he could he could have an Alex Smith type of season next year with hopefully not breaking his leg. But I, I think that, that that's the kind of year that might keep him in the starting lineup just just long enough. But. Uh, if they have a stinker of a game, if they put up something like they did against you know New Orleans last year or something like that, I think the 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 pressure from the front office is going to be too much, and they're going to they're going to put Haskins in. By week for the Skins is week ten. That's yeah. after a contest at the Buffalo Bills. The previous week is going to be a Thursday game against the Vikings. Yeah, and. <laughs> And I can see that because Case is a former Viking and had his best year there. If he goes into Minnesota and that defense rips the skins apart and Case looks terrible, that could be it for him in Week 8. Do you think he'll make it that far? Yeah, I I think so. Uh, Although, given the the Redskins' history of injuries with quarterbacks, recent history, uh, you keep your fingers crossed he can make it through eight weeks. Okay. Well, we'll see. And then, of course, we'll see about Haskins the rest of the year. Stadium talk. So the Redskins still need a new stadium. I don't know where those talks currently are. Have you heard anything lately about what's up on that front? Yes. uh, As a matter of fact, uh, with the Carol Maloney show on uh, ESPN 630 last week, we had Mark Tuohy in studio. Mark Tuohy, the former general counsel to the mayor, very instrumental in bringing baseball to Washington. And he says, you know, talks are ongoing and, and he believes that something will get done in the district, that that is the only option left, that, that Maryland and Virginia are not really viable options, and that something will happen. Uh, Jack Evans being out of the council was a bit of an impediment, but uh, he still thinks that it's it's alive. I'll tell you, if it doesn't happen, I agree with what Lavero said, that, that they could be at FedEx Field for quite some time. 
Yeah, that would be bad. But here's another thing that stopped me in my tracks. I read this athletic piece about DC United's new soccer-specific stadium, yeah. Audi, Audi Field. Field. And it's unbelievable the problems. They have sun glare in the late afternoon that blinds the announcers. They haven't mm-hmm. finished the paneling on the limited roof overhang, which was not at all what they had put in their drawings when they pitched this stadium. They have standing room issues that they're trying to address. Uh, the team president said that just bringing the cranes back into the city where they need them to fix the roof is a million-dollar-plus cost alone. Right. And this story was going through all these problems, and I thought, oh, shit. If Dan Snyder gets the approval and the money with D.C. to build a stadium, you know what's left, Andy? Building it right. Designing it right and getting it right. If, God forbid, the Redskins Stadium has something that the fans really hate, like, oh, I don't know, a moat? That's (laughs) going to be a problem. Because owners are forever... Stadiums are next to forever. The they have to get this stadium right. Yeah, this is where hopefully the relationship between Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones will kick in. That Snyder will consult Jones on building a stadium because Jerry did it right. Of course he did it right. However, don't you think Dan's gonna be like, "Fuck him! I'm gonna make a better one than his." Watch. And he's going to just go off on his own, thinks he knows what to do, and it's going to be a mess. Well, I mean, to, 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 to be fair to Snyder, he's failed in building a team, but he hasn't <laughs> failed yet in building a stadium. So does tried he deserve, yet. <laughs> does he deserve the benefit of the doubt here? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. I just hope he has good people around him that gently steer him away from bad ideas like a moat to yeah. good ideas like the right size because that's a big deal. I mean, you know how they rushed to get Ral John finished. Oh, well, that was a joke. That, that was, that was a, a man who knew his life was not going to be much longer and threw that thing up. It was supposed to be a 36-month stadium. It went up in 18 months. And Snyder had to put $100 million into it when he bought it. It was it was poorly done. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Audi Field was also rushed as well. It's part of the reason why they got a lot of this stuff wrong. So, God yeah. forbid the Redskins uh, rush something to get it done. Oh, um, I don't know if I asked you this last week, Andy. Your thoughts on Carly Lloyd and the fantasy that she could be an NFL kicker? Yeah. I, I, now, we had Jess Atkinson on the show and Jess Atkinson, former Maryland kicker was her all time leading scorer for a long period of time, kicked for the Redskins and several other teams. He says it could happen. He says, he says he, he thinks it can happen. The, the issue is it's not leg. He says all these kickers have great legs. The issue is, can she be consistent? Now she is known as like one of the most consistent kickers in, in women's soccer. Um, but, I I think it may not be her, but I think eventually there will be a woman kicker in the NFL. Oh God, Andy, really? Yeah, yeah you I really so. believe that? Why yeah, would I a do. woman be better than five hundred male kickers who have kicked footballs their whole life on various teams? Why would she get a shot? Why would she yeah. be better than a bunch of men? You know how many men are out there that would love an NFL job that can't get one? 
I know, but I'm not saying that it would be a, a woman soccer player or somebody from the U.S. team. I'm saying it you're would saying be someone... a woman who had a knack for kicking because they won't have yep. the leg strength of men. That's a fact. Mm. That's science. Right, but if 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 the woman is accurate, if she can kick 55 yards uh, semi accurately and from 40 in on a, <laughs> on a you know like a Justin Tucker kind of rate. Then yeah, oh, uh, uh, why not? God. Why not? God bless you, Andy. I love. Why not? I love your open-minded wokeness. You're not militantly woke. You're just left-leaning woke. You're crazy. You should know better, but that's okay. Believe the fantasy if it makes you feel good. Last question: What'd you think of the high camera angle in the Sunday night football game, Pittsburgh, Tennessee? Uh, I, I, I saw it briefly. Um, I think I think you're much more into the camera angles than I am, and and I wouldn't notice them if they're if they're not pointed out. But, I think you might. Uh, I think you might hate it. I think you are somewhat particular about camera angles. You've been watching football on TV your whole damn life, and you remember yeah, when the but, camera angles and the camera quality was not very good. Right, right. But uh, you know the the camera on the cable, which which started with the original iteration of the XFL. Uh, I didn't like that at first, but I've gotten used to it. Okay, you know. Um, the helmet cam, which started, I believe, with the uh, was it the USFL that started that? Remember the helmet cam? The helmet cam yeah. is too shaky to be yeah. a good watch. That's yeah. part of the problem but there. Okay, good, good view. All right. So, yeah. and then finally, did did you get into and how do you feel about the white versus black uniforms in baseball on this Players Weekend? Best tweet. I saw was from Jay Billis who said it looked like the nurses against the nuns. And if we never see that again, I'll be very happy. The only good thing is I'll have good memories of it because it was a great series for the Nats in Chicago. Unbelievable. I mean, that first, was a tremendous three game series. First sweep in 10 years, uh, you know, 14 years. And they, killed them two of the three games and then squeaked one out yeah. in extra innings. Somebody said it looked like Spy versus Spy from the old Mad Magazine. Yeah, Remember the white right. crow and the black crow? It didn't work yeah. for me, but hey, they tried something different. Alright, Andy, we'll yeah. talk to you next week. Continued healing, my friend, alright? Alright, Jay, take care. There you go. Couple things to end on here. Carly Lloyd went on NFL Network and talked about being a kicker in the NFL. Jesus, they're getting a lot of run out of this nonsense, but okay, whatever. The takeaway pull quote was this. I know that I could actually probably do it. Oh, I know that I could actually probably do it. (laughs) Now I'm begging her to try. Please, Carly, I want to see it. Go get that tryout. Go do that workout. Go make a push. Get out there on that. Let's see it. (laughs) It was sad to hear Andy say what he said earlier about, no, I think it's going to happen someday. Of course, Andy's the same guy that thought Michelle Wee was going to play on the men's tour at some point. Andy is, like I said, he's soft woke. He's not militant woke. He's soft woke. And he wants to say and believe these things that are wonderful ideas. Like, hey, why not? Well, go ahead, Carly. I want to see it now. Now now, now I'm really itching. I think I could probably actually do it. Okay, then. 
This one on Twitter from Husser4. Thank you, Husser4. Loved your discussion this week about hashtag Bobby Jones. Have you heard his family has now launched a new line of private batch whiskeys? Wow, Mr. Jones would, I'm sure, approve. It's called the Clover. Single barrel whiskey, delicious. Three different types, straight bourbon whiskey. There is a Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey, I think, and a straight rye whiskey. I can't read the labels. It's kind of a small picture. Actually, let me uh, blow it up there. Um, Maybe Tennessee bourbon whiskey. Not sure. Um, It's got a great, it's got a nice shape, squarish, which is unique, kind of cool. It's got nice labels. It's got Mr. Jones on each of them. I like the logo. I like the color. I mean, that's what it is for me. It's hype and it's marketing. It's packaging. It's the uniforms. Shit, I'll try it. I'm not that picky, but I'm sure it's uh, it's a premium. And as we were you know, as we were taught by Fred Minnick, if you listened to the uh, Zabecast subscription Friday edition last week, he said, "Look, it's all about where you're getting your juice. That's what they call the actual product, the distilled whiskey. Where are you getting the juice?" You get the juice from a variety of sources. It comes in a variety of qualities. And the more, the better the quality, you got to pay more for it. Guys like Conor McGregor, he got really cheap juice, threw it into a bottle, leveraged his name, marketed the shit out of it, got a, a lot of volume too. Remember, you might be willing to pay for the good juice, but there's not a lot of stock of it. And so it depends on how much can you get and how many bottles do you want to sell. I'll ask Fred about the clover next time we're together. And then there's finally this. Mike Francesa, God bless him. Boy, does he know how to mush people. And a mush is when you predict something that turns out to be exactly the opposite. You jinx somebody. Otherwise known as uh, the jinx, I guess. I think I was trying to think what else what is. Uh, the mush is what it's called. And here was Francesa just months ago. Several months ago, talking about Andrew Luck, you'll hear him say Andy needs to win a Super Bowl. He's referring to Andy Reid. He's not doing a, I know Andrew Luck so well, I can call him Andy. But he does say the following about Andrew Luck, and this was, we should have known, the ultimate kiss of death. Okay. Luck's going to, listen, I'm going to tell you honestly, if Andy loses this year, I don't know if he's ever going to win a Super Bowl. That's Reid. I know Luck's going to win a Super Bowl. I have no question he's going to win a Super Bowl. Back after this. Back after, Back after Andrew Luck retires, having never won and never played in a Super Bowl. That is a wrap for today. Thank you to Andy for stopping by. Thank you for downloading and listening and being a loyal ZabeCast listener. Please do tell a couple friends. Rate and review on iTunes. It helps out. You know, the algorithm is always watching. We will see you tomorrow, everybody. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we'll see you next time. Let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back, because it's summertime.